0: Welcome to the Real Estate Pro Radio Show. I'm your host, Amber Arms, and we have with us today Tracy Mara from the Greater Philadelphia area. All right, Tracy, well, um, let's just hop right into it. You know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's Tracy the person?
1: Uh, well, I am a, an outdoor person. I love the beach and uh, kayaking. I have a built-in pool, so I spend a lot of time in my yard in the warmer months, and uh just generally uh, enjoy pretty much anything that includes the outdoors. And uh, been married 32 years, and so my uh, spouse and my friends are, are my family. I don't have children, but uh, keep busy with uh, friends and family, and just uh, really enjoy any type of outdoor uh, sport or gathering.
0: That's wonderful, and you know, I don't know how
1: things are over in your area of the state, but it's.
0: Finally, starting to warm up over here. You know, we're starting to see some warmer weather. You know, some you know less snow on the ground, so to speak. Um, so that's really exciting for you know outside possibilities here.
1: Yes, we've just had a few warm days off and on in the last uh, week or two that have been nice. I think we even had a seventy-degree day the other day. So we're really looking forward to uh, spring kicking in for for numerous reasons.
0: Absolutely, it'll be super exciting for sure. And so you mentioned you've been married a long time, 32 years. That's that's not insignificant. How would you meet?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry? Uh, how would you meet? That's I uh, We met at my 22nd birthday. It um, was uh, someone that came along with someone else to a birthday party.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And so, you know, how did you get into real estate?
1: Uh, I had a friend that right out of high school had gone to work for Century 21 and then ultimately had opened his own office uh, and was doing quite well. And um, we had gotten talking about the changes that were happening within the township because I had reached out to him about potentially selling my own house. Um, And then kind of you know conversation started from there.
0: That's wonderful. And you know, you said it kind of started there. What would you say would be like the catalyst? What was like the, your decision for becoming an actual agent? When, what made you decide to do that?
1: Well, in November of 2003, I had, I've been, had been in IT for 18 years working for a financial institution and, um, I had gotten downsized three months after losing my mother. And, um, it was a tough time, so I took a couple months to kind of help my father, who had some health issues. Uh, Mom was his caregiver, so it took a couple months to kind of get him settled into his new life. And uh, unfortunately, as I got back to looking for jobs, uh, 9-11 happened, uh, which displaced so many people out of New York that uh, the entire IT job structure changed, uh, not for the better. So. I had been working as a contractor doing IT work for University of Pennsylvania Hospital. And what had supposedly was going to be a week assignment had turned into four months, and the hope was that it was going to become the full-time job I had waited for. And day before Thanksgiving in 2003, I was told that that assignment was over. And uh, I had grown so tired of, you know, I, I was full-time with a company for 18 years for so the contracting Uh, was a much more difficult environment, and I just made up my mind that I was going to reach back out to my friend uh, and pull the trigger on uh, getting involved in real estate full-time.
0: That's wonderful. And, you know, 2003, that's, that's not an insignificant amount of time. That's almost 20 years now. You know, with your experience, what would you say that the future of real estate looks like here?
1: You know, I I think there's definitely a shift coming. Um, I think what we're seeing right now, you know, the supply and demand, um, the the tale will be told in the next month or so, I think, as we typically will see um, buyers increase in the market as they always do in spring, um, and to see whether or not the inventory is going to rise to meet the occasion. You know, right now we're at historically low inventory um, which is just creating a frenzy around every listing, uh, multiple offers above asking price, um, you know, sometimes substantially. So I think that, you know, in the next month or so here, we're going to learn what, how quickly this shift's going to happen, uh, you know, economically. All the markers are there for a recession and things that should start to slow the market. Um, so I, I think that the best answer, I guess, is that the, in, until we see how this, next month or two pans out, the future of this market is somewhat uncertain. Uh, I don't think we can maintain the way things have been going um, much longer.
0: Yeah, that makes makes a ton of sense. You know, I've been hearing that from, you know, a, a number of agents across the state. It's interesting to see, you know, how things have, you know, changed over the last year or so for the real estate market. What would you say has been, like, one of the biggest changes that have happened over the last, you know, two or three years?
1: Honestly, we've been relatively consistent over the last two or three years. Um, I think the the thing that we're struggling with now is everyone seems to be in somewhat of a holding pattern. Um, you know, sellers who are considering selling their homes are looking and realizing there's just little to no inventory for them to choose from, uh, and therefore they're, they're not listing their homes, so it's this uh, conundrum that... <laughs> Uh, doesn't seem to be resolving itself just yet. You know, I, I do have some sellers certainly that have the opportunity to go out and look for homes um, before selling their home, um, and that allows for them to to take a little bit more time. But um, it's just perpetuating perpetuating this situation of lack of supply. Um, so we are hopeful that, to see that change in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, it really sounds like it's been, you know, a really reinforcing cycle uh, as far as the market's been concerned over the last couple of years. It'll be interesting to see as we, you know, transition away from that where the market's going to go, you know, now that things are starting to open up again.
1: Right. It defies logic right now when you see um, you know, economically we're struggling across the country with much higher prices in, in so many areas that uh, uh does not uh, the, the market that we're in right now does kind of not support that theory. So it's interesting to see which direction we go.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I I know that it's really hard to, you know, predict even, you know, a couple months into the future, much less further than that. But let's just say, you know, hypothetically, let's just throw some ideas out there. What do you think we're looking at for, you know, 2023 perhaps, or even 2024?
1: Well, the Federal Reserve has kind of come out and made it very clear that they intend to continue to raise interest rates Um, And I think that that's going to drive business uh, in several ways. I think that certainly any interest rate increase costs buyers money, so it could, in fact, drive more buyers into the market now uh, in an attempt to lock down a 30-year mortgage before those interest rate increases take hold. Um, And then also maybe the the thought from the seller's perspective is that as those increases take hold, that you're cutting into a buyer's budget. uh, And ultimately, that's going to affect the pricing of houses for sellers as well. Uh, So the hope there is that that that, uh, announcement from the Federal Reserve is something that that drives sellers to say, look, if I'm going to get top dollar for my house, I really need to get into the market now. Uh, And if we could see a a market flood of listings and buyers at the same time, I think that, you know, that market could hold strong and really be the backbone that supports, uh, you know, the country at a time when the economy is so difficult.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about where we think it's going, but, you know, a lot of things have changed since 2003, not just, you know, in one industry, but just in general across the world. How do you say things have changed since, you know, since you first got into the industry?
1: Oh, God, they've changed uh, 200%. <laughs> um, when I first got into the industry um, in our county here where I work, we still – people still relied very heavily on print ads and the newspaper. When the newspaper would come out on Sunday with the real estate insert – they would pull that and our phones would ring off the hook. So you'd be in the office, you'd be collecting leads and showing houses and uh, really kept things moving. And, and people were much more reliant on a realtor. They needed to come to your office to sit down and look through. Uh, you know, the MLS was new online and, and it, it didn't have pictures and it didn't have any of the information really that it has now. So they had to call realtors, which made it much easier to capture leads uh, and build a relationship with people. Um, now, the, the the way the technology has taken over in the last 10 years um, is unbelievable. There is virtually no print ads at this point, um, and people capturing leads from you know Facebook ads or uh, different technologies and applications that are available to them. So. Uh, made transitioning you know i feel i guess for me what is helpful is that because i have an it background i have a tendency to be able to adjust to the system changes a little easier than some of the realtors that don't have that background Um, but it is full-on technology business at this stage of the game for sure
0: yeah i'm sure that um that kind of changes how you, you know, view the industry and how it's changed a little bit compared to some of the other, you know, agents I've talked to, what would you say one of the biggest changes in technology that's happened? You know, you mentioned the MLS. Is that one of them? Um,
1: the it, it is. I mean, it's gone from something that was not very interactive, was simply a place where you could, you know, run, put the address Put some information about it, and then it kind of it evolved first. you were able to put one picture so they recognized the exterior uh Then they went where you could put six pictures, and now you were able to see some main interior shots to the the fully interactive maps that we have now, where I can literally go to a map and draw a circle and pull every house that's in that circle um so it has um you know it has made the job much easier. Uh, in terms of the legwork that it takes to find out what's out there for your client. Um, I think it's muddied the waters and make, made it a little bit more difficult for those of us who uh, build our relationships more hands-on. I think mm-hmm. that uh, the relationships you build with people, this is the biggest purchase or sale they'll ever make in their lives for the most part, and being able to connect with people and them to feel comfortable and, and trusted with you, I think um, that face-to-face is crucial for me. Uh, so I do, I do miss some of that. I, I miss uh, the more uh, personalized side of the business.
0: Yeah, I really feel like that real estate in general as an industry is very much a people person, you know, it's a people business, you know, no matter what portion of the industry you're in, you know, your real estate agent, you're a home inspector, you're a contractor, it really feels like that you have to have a good relationship with people to succeed in this industry. So it really seems like it's, um, it's kind of unique in that aspect, you know, I feel like a lot of industries, it has a little bit of both, but real estate in particular is just very much a people business. I agree. You know, we've talked about, you know, some of the things on the real estate agent side of things and how things have changed. How would you say things have changed for, you know, the buyers or the sellers, you know, getting involved in selling and buying their house? How would you say that things have changed for them?
1: Well, I think what has been an advantage for the buyers um, or that they perceive as an advantage is this ability to... Um, find their own homes, uh, you know, with with the advent of IDX being connected to our multiple listing service, which basically allows buyers to see real time, you know, if I've gone in, I create a listing, I set it to active, they're able to see it within minutes. Um, and that used to not be true. It used to take, you know, sometimes 24 to 48 hours for those early realtor.com type sites to, to download listings and or update them. And buyers still were a little bit reliant on you for that accurate information. Uh, now, more often than not, you find your buyer calling you saying, hey, I found this home. I'd like to take a look at it, um, which is difficult because it, it, it does um, take a, a facet of your business uh, out of the picture and, and has a buyer feeling as though they're, they're taking care of themselves. Um, so I think it's been helpful for them to be able to, uh, look at those things and, and be able to educate themselves. They're definitely smarter in the market than they were 10 or 15 years ago because of their exposure to all of that information. Um, from seller's perspective, I think the sellers have benefited also just uh, this widespread te- technology that allows for advertising to take off, you know, across an area is from a simple Facebook post. Um, that has benefited them, in, in not only in quick sales in the market we're in today, um, but certainly has helped to uh, drive their prices up.
0: Yeah, and that, that definitely makes a lot of sense, you know, especially from the buyer and seller side. Would you say that sometimes that can also be, you know, as much of a hurt as much as it can be a benefit for people coming into your office?
1: Absolutely. I think, again, the the perception that buyers have, um, there's so much that that cannot be learned. You know, my first process I I do with every buyer that I meet is for them to come in and and sit and talk with me. Uh, Oftentimes, it's an hour to two hours where we just spend talking over the entire process because, um, you know, for instance, you can go out to a a Zillow or, or many of the other sites and pull in information that's just not accurate. It's not up-to-date um, to, for instance, they're showing you what your monthly payment's going to be based on inaccurate taxes. Um, so that perception, I think, that oftentimes can set buyers up for disappointment. Uh, certainly in a market we're in now where, where we're looking always at multiple offers and above asking price is making it very difficult. Uh, for buyers right now to be in this constant disappointment of I think I found this house I really like and now everybody else in the county likes it as well and um, you know you're writing offer after offer after offer for buyers so I think that for for one is a negative to them um, from the seller's perspective right now in the market we're in it's very difficult for me to find any negative uh, for a seller they're just uh, writing their own tickets and, and making demands that are being met uh, at every step of the way here, so I wish I had a better answer for that. But
0: this episode is brought to you by We Center of Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. With access to over 200 carriers, We is ready to service all of your insurance needs for home, auto, business, life, and more. Simply call four eight four two zero seven six six four zero. Again, that's four eight four two zero seven six six four zero. Or visit com. Get your free quote today. Absolutely, no problem. And what would you say is, you know, when people come into your office, what do you think is a common misconception that most people might have about the market and how it works?
1: Well, I would say not necessarily to the market. I would say the number one misconception is, the misunderstanding about commission and how commission is dispersed. Um, You know, I think everyone thinks, you know, I list this house for 6% and realtors are just, you know, out out for the money and we just take our 6% and run. Um, And they don't realize how that structure works. And I I often have a discussion with both my buyers and sellers um, because I think it's an important part of the process to understand uh, first, how and where it's negotiated and how it, the commission never affects your ability uh, to negotiate a good deal for your buyer. Um, but that, you know, there is a split there. If I take 6%, I give 3 to a buyer's agent, and my agency takes a portion of my my 3% until I reach a certain level uh, in each year. So I think that would be the number one misconception of of how and how often and how much we're paid. Um, and then I think from a market perspective, um, the misconception right now is I think as we start to shift, what will happen to us is sellers will still try to hang on to I'm able to write my own ticket while buyers are being educated otherwise. And um, we start to see that, you know, push-pull where, where deals fall apart left and right because of those uh, those lack of negotiations. So. Uh, hopeful to see that, that this new market in these next few months, uh, we're hoping to see maybe it become a little bit more balanced. Um, not, you know, it's still going to be a seller's market, I believe, throughout this spring. But I think that we're going to see something a little bit more balanced for both.
0: That would be fantastic, I think, for most people involved. You know, the market is so so low on inventory right now coming back to that equilibrium I think it's just healthier for everyone in general you know talking to some of the people when they're you know going out and trying to buy a house right now it sounds like it's absolutely insane especially depending on you know where you're trying to get a home in you know certain areas and certain neighborhoods are just almost impossible to get you know an offer to the end
1: well I think one of the hardest things for them is this constant feeling of disappointment And it becomes two things, is that I'm normally showing, you know, I'll schedule, I try not to show more than six houses at a time to a buyer because I don't believe you can, um, by the time you're done your tour, you don't remember what kitchen went with what basement if you're looking at 10 and 15 houses in a day. So we try to stick to four or five or six houses. I have not had that many houses to show one buyer since I can't remember, maybe two, three years. So... You're finding yourself you're out almost every day of the week doing one showing here and one showing there because that's all there is. So keeping a buyer engaged in the process, um and, and having them feel this is not a great time to be a buyer. But some you know, some folks still need to buy homes whether it's the best time for them or not. So um I think that constant frustration of being out, outbidded um is is wearing on them, so I think a more balanced market will be very beneficial to our spring.
0: Yeah, that and that that would definitely be good, I think, for the market and just people in general. And you know, it's definitely, it's definitely not sustainable the way that it's set up right now. And It would definitely be good to see things, you know, transition into a bit of a healthier state. And, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit, um, but what would you say is the biggest challenge your clients are facing in today's market?
1: It has to be inventory. Um, The the buyers, you can see the frustration in them where – You know, as an agent, I never, my job I feel is strictly service and the contractual obligations, that's my area of expertise. I'd never walk into a home and have you feel like I'm trying to sell it to you. Um, That's not my job. It's to show it to you, to point out the the pluses and the minuses um, and and give you all the accurate market information for this property. But I'm never going to be one saying in there saying, oh, that's not a problem for you. This is really the house for you. You can ignore that little, you know, it's up to you to decide, and then I try to negotiate the best deal. But the problem we're having right now is they find a home, you have the conversation with them, they really love this home, you sit down, you write the offer. People write the best offer they can write, and there will always be times where you're just going to be outmatched by someone who either maybe has cash that they can make up the difference if a property didn't appraise because they paid so much over asking. Um, You really find that they think it's the home, doesn't work out for them, so now you're playing devil's advocate about that wasn't the home for you or it would have worked out. And and when you're doing that four and five times with a buyer, it becomes very frustrating for them. And I've had more than my share of buyers who have said, you know, we're just going to take a break right now because we're just tired of the disappointment that goes along with, with these failed opportunities. And I've been in the business long enough that I know how to write competitive offers, but but no one who is pre-approved for $250,000 wants to look at a $200,000 houses just so they can overbid to keep up with the competition. So it's that, without a doubt, is just this gigantic challenge for, for buyers to have such a tremendous lack of inventory.
0: Yeah, that's... It sounds like that's, um, yeah, that that sounds like it's probably one of the biggest ones that I've been seeing as well. You know, I don't, I don't think I really mentioned it, but I do insurance as my, you know, primary occupations, what I do is my day job and, you know, talking to some of the clients coming in trying to get insurance, you know, like I'm trying to buy this house and it can't be over, you know, such and such price. Otherwise my loan won't be approved. And, you know, it's really tough for some people just trying to budget things out and trying to push things to the absolute maximum to try and, you know, make a deal, make it to the finish line. It's definitely, um, an interesting experience, definitely different than how it was, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, Absolutely. hopefully, hopefully we can transition back into a healthier state for everybody. You know, it's just anybody in that industry is just trying to make things work as much as they can. But it's really tough with the industry being what it is and the inventory being what it is.
1: Yeah, most of us I feel like most agents prefer a seller's market with a reasonable balance. Um the buyer's markets are tough because as a listing agent, it puts you in a situation that you're constantly sitting on listings, and you're you're talking to your client every week, and you're you're going through price reductions and the difficult frustration on the level of the sellers that say, "Geez, my neighbor sold his house six months ago at ten thousand more than I'm asking, and I can't even get showings." So that that buyer's market um, is terrible. Uh, So I I think most of us enjoy a seller's market, but something much more balanced. And I'm I'm hoping to see in these uh, next coming weeks that we're really going to start to see inventory build and start to see that balance shift a little bit to, you know, mid-market, which would be kind of nice for all of us right now, get our buyers into homes.
0: A hundred percent. And, you know, with all of these, you know, challenges that people are facing today – I think that it's probably more important now than ever to find, you know, a good real estate agent. What would you say makes, you know, a really great real estate agent stand apart from, you know, everybody else that's, you know, options that they can pick from?
1: Uh, I personally, if if I'm coming to your home to talk to you about selling your house or I've had you in for a buyer, buyer consultation What I feel sets me apart personally is that the level of service. Is that you know we all follow a general format. We use the multiple listing. When you list a house, you go through certain steps. We all kind of follow the same procedures. But, but I think the number one complaint amongst people is that I don't hear from my agent. Uh, They don't return my calls. They don't pick up their phone. Um, I have always been and consider myself to be the most accessible agent in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, because I. I don't even have an office phone. I strictly have my cell phone. I have my direct voicemail. I pick up my phone every time it rings, even when I don't recognize a number because I work in an area where people could be calling me about real estate from any phone number. so um, I think the level of customer service that you provide because that's in fact what this job is it's not just that my knowledge of contractual real estate that's important, it's my ability to service my customers it's my clients need to feel like they are the only one um, because when they're making the big, biggest purchase of their life, um, they they the stress builds when phone calls aren't returned and the concerns start to, to grow um, when they're not being communicated with properly. So for me, it's always going to be when I sit with my listings, I always tell them, you're never going to see me on the list of the person who sells the most real estate in the county because you will always deal directly with me. Um, I have a team of people that, that take care of my business on the back end, but I will always be the person that you talk to and that you see up front, because it's my business. Um, so I think that that level of service that people deserve is something that we don't see in a lot of businesses anymore, um, where people with technology, people have stepped away from the kinder, gentler way of doing business. And um, I still like to run my business old school with uh, you know face-to-face meetings and uh, giving people the confidence to know that when they reach out to you, that you will answer and solve their problems.
0: That's wonderful, and you know, I think that that's a really good you know message to have for people, and a really good message you know just to have as a team as well. You know, that there's definitely been been a bit of a transition, you know, to you know, let's sell as many as we can, and sometimes you got to step back and you know check you know quality over quantity. And, right. uh, and I,
1: tell I all think it's really beautiful. That- we are all different. We're all in this business for different reasons. Uh there are people who work part-time. There are people who don't need the money and just enjoy this industry. Um so not everyone is out to be a mogul um and worried about their top production numbers. I'm I'm always in the top percent, 10% of the 260 agents in my office. Um so I work hard and I do well, um but my goal is not to sell. Is not to have the most clients. It's to have the happiest clients. <laughs>
0: And that's beautiful, especially in a people industry. You know, just to prioritize, you know, your clients over top of the, you know, the bottom line and all of that. Well, and that is, you know,
1: it is, it's about people, not about houses.
0: <laughs> it is, it is. You know, a lot of people focus on the houses, but honestly, it's it's such a people business. You know, you gotta gotta go back to the roots of what the industry is. Absolutely. And you know, if people wanted to get in touch with you and you know, essentially reach out and potentially have you as their agent, how would you say is the best way for them to contact you?
1: I always feel, you know, I always uh, provide my, my email, but I, I still say that my cell phone number uh, is my priority. Is that's you can call and talk to me anytime, day or night. If texting is more comfortable for you, uh, you know, I try to communicate with my clients in whatever is the most convenient way for them. Uh, But my cell phone is always on, and, uh, you know, that would be the the number one way to contact me.
0: That's wonderful. And for our viewers, could you actually, you know, list that out real quick?
1: Sure, yeah. My cell phone number is 610-653-6870.
0: Wonderful. And thank you so much, Tracy. I really appreciate you coming on to the show today and you know, giving your perspective on the industry and how things are going. You know, It's been a really a pleasure speaking with you, and I appreciate your time.
1: Well, thank you, Amber. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend, and thank you so much for coming on today.
1: You as well, and you take care.
0: You too. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.